Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Rano Sports Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Ju. And it's your boy, One Cherry. Yes, sir. And we are joined with two special guests for today's episode. And I'll let them go ahead and introduce themselves. So I'm going to kick it over to uh, my boy, Justin. What's going on, everybody? Uh, my name is Justin Johnson, and uh, I'm from Sarasota, Florida. Uh, glad to be joining you guys today and looking forward to some interesting topics. Yes, sir. Appreciate you being on. And uh, I'll kick it over you. to uh, to uh, Trail. What's going on, everyone? This is Antrell Jones from the outskirts of Gainesville, and we're here to kick it off. Yes, sir. So I appreciate y'all fellas uh, joining us. And uh, if y'all haven't heard of Rano Sports or if you haven't listened to us yet, Rano stands for Real and New Opinions. So what we do here, we keep it real. We kick our opinions on the sports topics that are currently going on in the world. So you can just kick back, get your daily... you know, source of sports information right here from us. So, man, we're going to get right into it. So, Montre, go ahead and let me know what are the three things that you witnessed from over the weekend. Jacksonville wins and ends the second longest losing streak in NFL history. Going off on my first thing that that caught my attention was my Jags. You know, I'm a big Jags fan, so Salute they finally the got they they finally <laughs> got their win and I don't care how many they done how long it, the streak been, but they finally got their win today or on Sunday. So um I'm happy for that. I, I mean they snapped the so. twenty game losing streak. <laughs> so I, I, this could be the this could be the up and up. Trevor Lawrence got the job done. A lot of yeah. distractions, you know, with uh, with Urban Meyer still, and then <laughs> them going all the way out to to London for this game, but was able to to pull away a victory. They they didn't let the distractions from their coach affect them. I'll say they still <laughs> came. They still showed a lot of fight. They came ready to play. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looked good. James Robinson looked good. So. I mean, that's all I could say on that. Like, they, they didn't let anything yeah. distract, you know, distract them. I thought they might have, like, you know, you get into a situation like this, they might just give up. You know, they're like, well, our coach out here scheming. Are we we suck <laughs> currently? For them to turn it yeah, around, it's, it's going to be a week lot. Five. I'm sorry, week six. Yeah. yeah. And I remember you text me, text yeah. me throughout the um the the game, and he's like, you know, it could be a good good win for them and like I, I ain't want to get my hopes up because they they continue to blow like all through the season they continue to blow a game right after the the second half and it was mainly in the fourth fourth quarter on, on some of them games so it was like I, I can't even sit here and get my hopes up right now because it's it's too early even two minutes of the game it's still too early <laughs> they, they'll blow it just like that so but yeah man yeah. That was one of my my games that I caught into the L- LSU head coach. He's he's retiring now. That's what he said. He made that. He made the announcement, right? He retiring. Nah, I thought. He I don't was... know if he retiring. I thought. I know he's getting fired. <laughs> he's well, getting fired. I mean, he's been on the hot. 
mutually agreed to part ways is the 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 professional term is what they use. Okay, the professional <laughs> terms for he part ways because like, but I mean, I didn't notice the the actual reason why they get rid of him. He just mediocre. I will say it's very interesting. Which if if the Gators were to treat uh, Dan Mullen the way that LSU is treating Ed Ogeron, we would have a new coach too. Because it's crazy. You think two years ago, this team went undefeated. That was a Joe Burrow year. Went, uh, won the national championship. The following year, they ended up going like five and five or something. And then this year, they're sitting around, what, three and something? I don't know. But um, they don't, they, they're like, all right, we don't deal with medioc- mediocrity. They mm-hmm. literally are like, bro, you ain't like, you had one good season, but now you trashed it the following year, which I think that's a lot on the recruiting. I was like, how you go from a national championship to not even being in the, the top 25 at the end of the season, and then you're and you're going into the – I think this is Ed Ogeron's fourth or fifth year as the coach, but, I mean, they literally say, you got two bad years in a row. Nah, like, I, in some sense, I'm almost like I wish, like, if Gators were that kind of strict, like, Dan Mullen wouldn't be the head coach. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know if it was just – too early to, to be be coming up with that conclusion though because like I don't know I, I consider him to be a pretty good coach. I, I mean he's a fine coach. I don't I don't necessarily think that. I mean if I was the athletic director, I'm gonna just let him ride it out maybe one more year. I was like you got us a national exactly. championship. I feel like that buys you you know at least another three years. But mm-hmm. I mean, if they ain't cool with mediocrity, like I'm with it too. Like they said, hey man, we need to get back to winning. They look at, I don't know if they're looking at Bama and be like, hey man, these guys year in and year out are doing the damn thing. So we got to keep up with them, and clearly they aren't at the moment. So we got to, yeah. you know, have it have a change at the at the head. Well, I, I can say they they beat our Gators this this weekend. Man, that was <laughs> that was a tough loss for us, man. It, it definitely like, that was. just questions the 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 bowl game eligibility. I mean, what the Gators sitting at right now? They got three wins, four wins, three. Yeah, four, four, four. I mean, they'll be fine. They'll make a bowl game. I mean, maybe. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I'm saying. Maybe. I think they're still gonna make the bowl game. I don't see why not. Like they got they gotta get six. Now, what bowl are we gonna play in? Yeah, that's gonna say a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We already talked about um them playing in uh you know the little uh stay at home bowl or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> the Gator Bowl. Mm-hmm. G- the G.I. Joe Bowl. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, like so I mean and that game was it was interesting. They uh they only lost by seven. I think mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson should have been in majority of that game. Beginning. Yeah, I mean, you could tell yeah. when he got when he got placed, they uh that the offense just seemed to run so much better, man. Like I I I, I don't know. I feel like sometimes when a quarterback comes in, it's like the offensive line knows like, "Oh yeah, this is the guy we we've been wanting, you know, to get the reps." And so they like they mm-hmm. block a little bit harder. They start, you know, uh wide receivers start running their routes a little harder. Like, "Yeah, we going to try to do what we can." And so when he came in, bro, drove down the field first when he came. Well, the first uh, the first time he came in, he threw a pick, but we ain't going to talk about that. After that, he um, <laughs> when he got in, I was like, bro, I mean, we were down, I think, by 14 at the time, but came in, boom, drove down, got a touchdown. 
and it looked like it looked like clockwork. Like he was just ready for this moment. And so mm-hmm. I I like I ain't got really nothing against Emory Jones. I I say this probably all the time, but you know AR15 just got something going on, man. Man, he that man talented. He he's so diverse. You know, comparing him with with Emory Jones, like you can tell the the, the total difference in the two. Yeah, like easily. Yeah, people have been saying that since like the beginning of the season too. But still, yeah, even before I, I, you know, really paid attention to AR fifteen, like you would always hear it from the, you know, um, just hearing about put AR fifteen in. I'm like, I had to see who it was. Yeah, because he was on the team last year, I believe. It's just he was the mm-hmm. backup to the backup. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's different now when you are now considered the second string, but you're obviously getting some playing time, which is uh, much yeah. needed. Because, um, like I said, the offense runs better. And I think I think they'll be fine, though. I think they can – I mean, they got two, two weeks to prepare for Georgia. Um, that's going to be an interesting <laughs> interesting time. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Man, even with even with the rough season, I'm still excited about that game, though. It's a rivalry, you know. Yeah, you gotta they, be excited. They, they have to redeem. I feel like they have to redeem. Man, we can redeem by game. beating Florida State's ass. That's what yeah. I want to see redeemed. <laughs> At the end of the day, that one too. That one too. You could be the worst team. JVT. <laughs> I don't care. You could, you could be like you could be the worst team. You could be on your worst season, but when that rivalry game come, it's like if you get if that's going to be possibly your first win in the season. If you beat them, you are gonna talk that shit regardless. Right. Mm-hmm. But but we we definitely it, we gotta get that win because losing the, to a JV team this year like that that don't ruin the whole following year. And someone definitely getting fired then. <laughs> Dan ain't getting fired, bro. They ain't got it in them. Someone's definitely getting fired, Dan. Man, let them lo- them, lose to the Florida State. I don't know, man. <laughs> they ain't got it in them, bro. They ain't gonna fire that man. Like I said, we've been they cool with mediocrity. That's what it looks like. They cool right, with man. just being, you know, second, third in the SEC East, going to the little Outback Bowl. They just, mm-hmm. I know. I want. I'm just gonna be like, what's gonna be the the straw? The last straw where they're gonna be like, all right, Dan, it was cool, but we gotta let you go. I, I don't know what that's what it's gonna take. Losing to Florida State. All right, that'd be interesting. Yeah, the mm-hmm. fans are gonna talk then. The boosters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because else. all all season you you hear, you know, of course, Florida's the best team in 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 Florida. That's what you know, the talk was the beginning of the year. I say. Now it's just kind of up there, but but yeah, at the beginning, like that was like the biggest fear with with Florida, just losing to Florida State because we just like they just had a horrible season last year and you know this year. So uh, kicking it over to you, Ju. What's your what's your top three things you had noticed over the weekend? Vanderson throws it gets the screen from Dolson. Eight to shoot. Vandersloot stops. Fades. That's a two possession. Digging Smith down the other end. 
the pleasure of coming home Sunday and I had enough time to go ahead and watch the end of the WNBA championship. So shout out to the Chicago Sky. That was their first WNBA uh, championship. Uh, one of the players on her team, Candace Parker, she's actually a, a, a Chi-Town native right outside. She in the suburbs of and so that was really cool for her to bring a championship home to Chicago. Uh, it was really dope just to see. Uh, it was packed, man. Like, they, they play at a Wintrust Arena, and, like, that thing was packed out. And uh, it was really cool. I, I, I'm definitely not, like, I, I don't watch, like, the WNBA on a regular. But, like, it's a finals, and it's, uh, you know, a championship on the line. So that was really cool. And I thought the Mercury uh, were going to win at one point, but then they battled back. And I think they were down by like 11 at one point down the stretch and ended up uh, coming back. Their point guard, uh, Vandersloot, uh, she had a little beast, bro. They were up 74-72 under a minute. And all they needed was like another bucket. And that, that was, that was going to seal the deal. She was down in the uh, paint. She hit a little uh, uh, pivot and uh, twisted out and then hit a little uh, jump shot. And I was like, damn, it was cold, though, man. So uh, that was really dope uh, for them. And, uh, yeah, got that first shit, man. And uh, shout out to uh, Kalia Cooper. That was the finals MVP. She averaged uh, 17 points uh, during during the finals. Yeah, that was, that was dope. I seen how uh, emotional Candace Parker was, and I, I figured it was something tied to that. I mean, obviously, it's a big deal. It's a championship game, but – now that you say she's from that area, I'm sure it meant a lot to her and, and the fan base. Uh, when they were doing like the ceremony and stuff, her daughter she like ran up to her and and hugged up on her, and I was like, oh yeah, that's what's up, man. Like obviously a very yeah. touching moment, so it was really cool for mm -hmm. for them to uh, yeah get that championship, man. And oh yeah, Chance the Rapper was there and stuff. And I'll say a lot of the like the sports stars they be out. They treat like the WNBA finals like an NBA finals, so. Like, even right. when the games were played in Phoenix, like, CP3 was out there, Devin Booker was out there, a couple members, you know, off the Suns were supporting yeah. the, uh, the Mercury. So, I think it's really cool, and I think those guys, when they use that platform to support mm -hmm. women's sports, I mean, it gets other people to notice and, yeah, yeah want to, you know, partake in that. Yeah, that's what it, that's, that's where I think we'll see the shift in the support that, that uh, they'll start to get is once, you, like you said, you see these other pro athletes and people, um, you know, out supporting them and actually going to the game and actually bringing more attention and awareness to the sport, you know, they might start getting the respect they deserve. And then hopefully that'll help with attendance, ticket sales, and, and um, start going towards the direction of them getting paid more. You know, obviously that's kind of the elephant in the room with the WNBA is that they, you know, they're really good, but they don't get paid anywhere near as much as the NBA players. So, oh yeah, not at all, not at all. But um, shout out to um, side note, Don Staley, head coach of South Carolina women's basketball, just got a fat contract, boy. Um, mm. she got a four or five year extension. I think it's like worth the uh, twenty mil. Dang. I believe that's what I saw. So I think she's like the second paid highest paid because I think Gina and Ariema of UConn. It's still the first yeah. highest, but um, yeah, I think she yeah with that contract, but that just shows you know working towards equality, which you talked about, Justin. So right. I mean, we mm -hmm. slowly but yeah, long overdue where they're starting to head in the right direction here.
has the fourth sack of Spencer Petrus in this ballgame. They will run one more play here. Petrus throws high. Another interception picked off by Cam Allen. The Purdue Boilermakers knock off number two. An outstanding overall performance by Jeff Brahms Boilermakers, who have more wins, Purdue, in its history against top two teams as an unranked squad than anybody in the history of the game. Twice as many as anybody. And they do it again here in 2021. Next up for my uh, uh, second thing here, I got uh, Purdue football, man. Shout out to them. Had a big, big upset out here shaking up the, the college football rankings. Knocking off number two, Iowa. Uh, the crazy thing was that they upset them in Iowa City. You go on a road and beat yeah. somebody, that's tough. Not, like beat, yeah. Upsetting somebody at home, cool. But, yeah, doing yeah. it on a road, shoot, that's yeah. even. That's way more tough. Yeah, that that was a, that was definitely a crazy game. I, I checked that one out. It was uh, – I, I love seeing that, though. I love seeing teams that are the underdogs go into somebody else's territory and say, you know what, we don't care about the crowd, we don't care about the favoritism or whatever you have it. Um, you know, we came in here prepared with a game plan, and we're going to make it happen. And that's that's pretty much what Purdue did. I mean, it was a, definitely a good game. Yeah, they were um, – it's crazy because coming into this game, Purdue – uh, I don't know if it was in the nation or just within their conference, but they were the team with the least turnovers. Iowa was the team with the most turnovers. So you come in, mm. in on paper and you see you, you, you expected number two to win. But uh, Purdue right. ended up uh, with four. Yeah, ended up with four interceptions that game. Mind you, three of them came in the fourth quarter, I believe. They had yeah. um, it was literally like possession after possession after possession. Dude was just uh, throwing an interception. You get four interceptions in a game, you ain't supposed to like. You supposed to be blowing these people out, <laughs> but right. yeah, I, um, that was just really. Uh, it was an upset. That's all it was. Like who would have thought Purdue was gonna come in here and uh, not knock them off like that? And um, David Bell, the um, Purdue wide receiver, had a career high: eleven catches, two hundred forty yards. Um, Aiden O'Connell, their quarterback, he had um, three touchdowns, one rushing, two passing. But I think Iowa scored in the second quarter, and that was all she wrote for them. Shout out to them Cardinals. Still the only remaining undefeated team. Took care of business against the, the banged-up Browns. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, head coach, out with COVID coming into this game. So, uh, had the uh, assistant coach, I think it was their defensive coordinator, be the head coach to, to call the plays this weekend. But that didn't, didn't matter if they didn't have a head coach. Could, uh, Cliff Kingsbury could have just took the day off, and they still would have been fine. Because <laughs> the, the, the way that Kyler Murray is balling out right now is just ridiculous, man. That dude is uh, weak. I think he's, in, he's looking like a front runner for MVP right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, just the consistency he's been putting in week in and week out. I mean, like you said, they're putting up crazy numbers. They're beating the bricks off of people. And uh, I would say he's in, definitely in running for that right now at least. Yeah, finished finish Sunday's game, uh, 229 uh, passing yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Dude. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, um, Hopkins D Hop had two touchdowns. Um, AJ Green got back into the mix. He got a he got a touchdown. Like they were just rocking, man. And uh, and and the Browns, I'll say, I don't know if it would have made a difference, but they very banged up. 
Um, Kareem Hunt went out early in that game. Um, they were already calf down. Injury, yeah, calf injury, so he was out. Um, Baylor May- Mayfield, I believe, or Baker, saying the wrong name. Uh, I believe that he dislocated his arm uh, during the game. And yeah, I think, I think he came it, in with an injury, and then when he fell on it, it kind of yeah. irritated it some more. So, but I think he played still, so he uh, – yeah, he, he was uh, dislocated, and then in the press conference, I saw he was in a sling. Uh, but he was like, yeah, I'm going to be ready to go next week. So I was like, okay. Okay, Baker. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, do what you do, my man. So they, uh, yeah, they just a little banged up. But I don't even know if that would have made a difference. Like I said, the way this, the, this Cardinals team is, is operating. And uh, looking at their schedule ahead to at least continue this undefeated streak, next week they got the Texans, which that's going to be a walk in the park pretty much. And then uh, that following week, they got it's a short week for them, but on the 28th of October they play the Packers on Thursday Night Football. So that will be a good test for them again, uh, you know, going against Aaron Rodgers and seeing where they stack up against that team. Mm-hmm. But they are in a really, really good position to uh, continue their winning ways here. All right, Montreal, I'm going to kick it over to you. Oh, what was uh, what was your play of the weekend? Natasek is the long snapper. Cook is the holder. Matthew Wright signed off the street. Elevated yesterday, 53-yarder to win it. It's away. Jacksonville wins and ends the second longest losing streak in NFL history. <laughs> Going back to the the Jazz game, that that game winning field goal. You just felt good about that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all you could say. You just felt good. Didn't about he? Uh... That. Didn't the kicker miss? Wasn't that his first make of the season, too? I think that was, like, their first field goal, I think, that period in the games. Like, wow. I think I seen – I think they said that that might have been his first of the season, I believe. Yeah. Like, Dang. Yeah, first of the season. Like, they – it's crazy because, like, they've been getting blown out, but, like, they never managed to get an actual field goal. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's sad. That's really sad. Yeah. And, the, the crazy thing was is that this kicker, what's his name, Matthew something, he, uh, that dude, from what I heard, he was like, he was, he got picked up, what, like, the week of or the week before uh, for the Jags, and... Before the, yeah. before this game. Yeah, and so, one, it's cool, you get picked up, you get to fly out to London for a game, I mean, that's really cool, like, yeah, first game with the team, and you get to, mm-hmm. yeah, go on a, a flight across seas, and then end up being the, the having a game-winning field goal, which is another <laughs> thing, but I heard that dude was like, uh, he was just a regular uh, Joe Blow, man, dude was, dude was just, like, working a regular job, and then <laughs> they, they hit him up, and was that's like, hey, cool, bro, yeah, <laughs> like, hey, bro, we need your assistance. That man said he got a foot. Shout out to your Jags finally getting it done. Yeah, man. (laughs) Shout out to him. Shout out to the kicker. He he make kids believe, man. Make kids believe. Real boy. Kicker dude. Kicker dude came in and and brought them boys a dub fresh off the street, man. 
the streets. On the streets. Don't but, give up for your dreams. Bro. <laughs> but the Jazz about to get that ass handed to them. They got the Seahawks uh, this I mean, weekend. I don't know. The hey, Seahawks kind of banged up, hey, too. They banged up. So, they 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 didn't look bad last night, though. Exactly, they didn't look bad last night. Geno Smith, well, Geno Geno Smith do what Geno do, but uh, they didn't look bad. They they took the they took the Steelers in the OT, but um, actually, you know, they they got a bye week uh, this week, but then next week they play the Seahawks. And I don't know what Russell's timetable is for his return, but I think he I don't think he's gonna be back for that game. But after that, they got the Bills. Nah. And so, if y'all Ooh. if y'all happen to squeeze a win um, against Seattle, y'all damn sure ain't getting no win against Buffalo. <laughs> hey man, hey, each game, one game at a time. <laughs> Spoken like a true Jags fan. <laughs> one game at a time. I like one that. game at a time, man. Big play on first down, the keeper by Rodgers. He's still on his feet down the sideline. He's gone. Could he go 99 yards? Indeed he does. Touchdown, Bobcats. O-M-G. And look at the guys in blue looking around each other. I get- On my end, uh, play of the weekend, uh, Ohio Bobcats quarterback Armani Rodgers, 99-yard QB run. In this week or this past Saturday's game, uh, that man they, struck out. That that was wild, bro. He uh, and he, yeah, it was the longest in uh, FBS history. But then um, the other kicker is they lost the game. Put <laughs> 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 the so, big highlights, but take the L. Come on now, come on. Dang. They still lost that game, bro. Like it was sad. They lost, yeah, twenty seven. Oh yeah, they played Buffalo. They lost twenty seven to twenty six, bro. Wow. But, yeah, Dang. dude took off, and it was a design run too. This one, no, like scramble. He got out the pocket. No, like it was crazy. And like they were in a shotgun formation, so he was already in mm-hmm. the end zone. Yeah. And so they just ran a little QB run, and then he broke out to the outside. And whoever number one is on Buffalo, he got he got to do some agility drills or something because he was getting smoked. Man. He was getting that smoked. whole defense got to they got to they got to figure out they got to have some pursuit drills. Yeah, cause that dude, like, I mean, granted the quarterback fast or whatever, but like y'all supposed to not let him get behind y'all. Y'all supposed to be, you know, cutting off his angle, whatever it may be. But like that dude ended up just taking off, and number one was out there just he he was he had no more in the tank, man. Uh, Montre, uh, who's your MVP from the weekend, man? Hey, Lamar. Uh, from going from a Heisman here at the University of Louisville to an NFL MVP, uh, we get the opportunity to make a little history with you again today. We've decided to retire your number eight jersey at the University of Louisville, so uh, we're excited about that. Um, you know, it's a big honor. We just want to tell you how proud we are, and we thank you on behalf of the University of Louisville and uh, the community of Louisville. We love you, Lamar. I love y'all yeah, too, man. man. Great honor, man. Um, I gotta give this one to Lamar Jackson, man. They a surprise for him. He he retired his jersey for the Louisville. So I thought I thought he deserved MVP of the weekend, man. 
and he's doing pretty good for the season as well. So, yeah, having a um, balling year this season, uh, most wins by a quarterback by the age of twenty-five. Yeah, really cool to see Louisville. Like, like I don't know how often that ever happens either. Like. And mm-hmm. him still being so young and to see them retire his jersey, I think that just says a lot right. for what he meant to that program. Thanks. One of my fondest memories is uh, back when Florida State played Louisville. And it was like Florida State was number two at the time and Louisville was number 10. But then, like, Lamar, they went on a route, bro. I think they won that game like 56 to 10. Like, Lamar went crazy that game. But that's like – one of my like Lamar memories back when he was uh in at Louisville. I don't know if y'all remember that uh that high school play when the running back mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the quarterback was oh, yeah. running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was pretty special before you got there, so he's from uh deserve. South Florida South Florida boy from Boynton, Boynton Beach. Yeah, Brad mm-hmm. County, Brad County. <laughs> Yes, sir. Putting on where you get a lot of athletes. You know, you get a lot of athletes. Yeah. Who is your MPP for the weekend, man? Third and six. Very a heat again. He's going to go down. No, he's still up. Flag on the play. Into the end zone. Touchdown. Eastern Roberson with the catch. I think this is a flag against Idaho, a possible face mask. Uh, my MVP from the weekend is Eastern Eastern Washington's quarterback Eric. I might I might pronounce his last name wrong, but I believe it's Barrier. If I if I if I pronounce it wrong, I do apologize. But all right, so this is an FCS school, and this stat line is crazy though. He finished the game against Idaho with 600 passing yards, seven touchdowns, no interceptions. That's me Football. when I play Madden. I, that's me. I'm, I'm putting up those kind of numbers. I'm putting up those kind of numbers against Montre. So Idaho defense, Idaho defense just decided to just not come on the field. That's what it sounds like. Nah, it's not even that though. Like that's dude, crazy. It's really not even that. Like I was looking at his past games. Like nah, he ain't new to this, bro. It's true to this. Like. He had 542 yeah, the first game, 518 the second game, 422 what? the third game, 347 the fourth game, and now 600. Yeah. So the dude, the dude ain't new to this. He's like, I've been yeah. lighting these teams up, and like he's won yeah. um, in the Big Sky Conference. He's won four player, four player of the week awards. So like yeah. the dude, like he been balling, and he only has three interceptions on the season. So yeah, like, he's doing, he doing something right. Yeah, and I, and I see and, he. He went twenty six for thirty five, so that Bro, he ain't doing. They that's crazy. Yeah, he ain't missing. <laughs> he ain't missing, and it sounds like he's just throwing a lot of deep balls. Like they're getting like over ten yards every pass, ten to fifteen yards every pass. They gotta be. He only threw the ball thirty five times. Bro, he was averaging seventeen yards a throw. So yeah, see that that's first yeah. down and more. <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. This guy's a senior, so I don't hey, know. He's gonna get noticed. Yeah, I don't know what that'll uh, mean. At least uh, what he wants to do, you know, post his college football career if he's gonna try to go to the league and whatnot. But I was like, a lot of those, you know, those small schools though, those be the ones there. You you know, you do get a good quarterback out of there. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I think um, you know, I just think of uh, Trey Lance. 
you know, for the 49ers right now, he played at, uh, yeah. what, South Dakota? Uh, or South Dakota yeah, State? South Dakota State. Yeah. I was like, that, and, you know, you ball out, like, people going to notice, bro. So, I mean, yeah. that'd be developing, that'd be a nice developing story to see how his the rest of his season progresses and if that'll, you know, turn into some looks, you know, come time for the draft. All right, Montre, kick it back over to you now. Go ahead and tell me what let you down this weekend, man. One play that that actually stuck out to me was that Hail Mary pass at the um, first half by the Browns when Baker Mayfield kicked it off to one of the wide receivers. And I mean, they were they were trailing in the first half, seven to twenty-three. But then that Hail Mary pass right before the. Um, Right before halftime, he just threw a hail mary pass, and for a touchdown, like I would say, it's a disappointment for the defense because you know me coming in as a defensive player, I feel like that would be something that'll hype me up coming in the the second half. So you saying that after the hail mary, the Browns ain't well, they ain't really scored much at all that game, but they, no. yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying like the second half, like that sh- that should have been something that uh, that could have hyped them up and, and and been a big motivation for them in the second half. Well, I I, I, I can see them as a I can see them as like coming in the second half and doing a lot better than what they did. They ain't show no type of effort the second half. I mean, I don't know if it didn't show no effort. I just think that it was a it was a damn Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> like yeah, they, they, they a very talented team. <laughs> like I like a Hail Mary is cool or whatever, but like that wasn't gonna change the outcome of the game whatsoever. My disappointment on my end I would say is a USF football man. That was <laughs> It, I, 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 I tell y'all, like, I cheer for USF football probably more than I do for the Gators because I, I, I love, like, they're always the underdog. They haven't had success. And, like, like you know, obviously I went to UF. That's great and all. But, like, get, I've seen Gators be successful. They've been there, done that. So, I'm like, it's whatever. Like, at least with the, with the Gators, I just want to see them beat Georgia, win the SEC championship, potentially win a national championship. But we ain't get there yet. So, yeah, everything else, I'm like, eh, it doesn't matter until we start to, you know, hit those goals. But anyways, um, back to USF football. They're a struggling program right now. This is year two in the Jeff Scott era. But this game this past Saturday, they should have won that game, bro. They lost 32-31 to 31 to Tulsa. This team... Oh. This team was up 24 to 10 after, after, you know how they got the 24? They had a 100-yard kickoff return in the second quarter, and then they followed up with a 69-yard interception return. You talking about, you talking about teams being hype and, like, momentum? Bro, those plays happened, those those were back-to-back scores. The kick return. Shout out to, uh, shout out to, uh, Tommy Batty. He's, uh, he's actually a hometown kid from down this way uh, in Sarasota. I was definitely glad to see that. I thought I thought that return would take USF's momentum throughout the whole game, and they just they didn't follow through, man. I mean, like you said, they had the opportunities. Yeah, and this, like, they, they, they got off to a very quick start, up 24-10. This is still in the right. second quarter. 
And then yeah. with five minutes left to go, the half, go, score going into halftime was 24-20. I was like, yeah. what the hell yeah. y'all doing, bro? Yeah. Yeah, they. I don't know, man. It, it was. It's definitely. I, I see where your frustration is coming from. Um, like you said, you know, you're at home. You know, you you make some big plays. You got to be able to take advantage of that and and just uh, bring home the dub, man. I mean, you're at home. And they have not won a, uh, a division one game. I don't even know what street this is, but they they're still whatever it is. They haven't won one since like two years ago. So. Man. They still trying Man, to figure who it they, out. Who they had coach? Jeff Scott. He came from uh, Clemson. Like they were up thirty-one twenty in the third. Still had a lead. Still trying to hold on. And then in the yep. fourth quarter, things that's where things got questionable because yeah, um, it was a like they were on a third and one. And I like I like Jared Mangum. They're running back. Good guy. Big guy. Physical. Strong. They tried to yeah. run up the gut on the third and one. And this is yeah. like this is getting close to like sealing the game. This is like yeah uh, about five six minutes left so now you're just trying to run the clock down so then right. jared mangum third and one boom got stuffed by their defensive tackle which probably arguably one of their best players on their defense and then yep. fourth and one i'm like all right yeah cool go for it i understand you trying to you know close this game out guess what ran the same exact play essentially gave it yep. right up the gut to jared mangum <laughs> got stuffed again yeah and i was like you got a quarterback timmy mcclain this guy has feet I was like, oh, he, I'm trying yeah. to, I'm, I'm trying to utilize him. Right. I, I really, and it's not just them. It's not just USF that does that. There are teams even at the professional level that do that. Sometimes <laughs> the Bucks and a few other teams, they'll, they will run a guy, and then they'll literally run the same play. And it's like, okay, you know, coaches, what are you thinking? You know, who's upstairs in the booth? Mm-hmm. And it's that's just one of the most frustrating things to me is when they don't open their playbook up yep. and they just run the same play and they think mm-hmm. it's going to work, you know. So right. I understand where your frustration is coming from, Drew. <laughs> nah, yeah, it made no sense, bro. I was like, that game was sold up. Like, they should have they should have won that game. Yeah, after, after Tulsa stopped them, they ended up uh, uh, getting the ball back. They scored, and then um, they scored with the uh, – they scored one time, and then the second time they scored with under a minute left. I think it was like 47 seconds, and that was the one to to put them ahead. So I was just like, damn, USF. I was like, y'all got to – that would that would have been the one they needed, or at least that would have at least helped them win. But yeah. they, got a, they got another shot at it again. They're going uh, – they got it like Temple and ECU are their next two matches, both very winnable games. So I don't know what they going what they going to do, but – I'm just like that was that one was tough to see, man. Cause I know, like I said, you get those two big plays, and like I said, you scored on all cylinders. They scored on special teams. They scored on defense. You scored on offense, and you still lose the game. Like, you know, that just that stuff don't make no sense, man. All right, man. We are gonna turn it over to new news uh, for the sports world. Not sure if you all saw, but Sean Taylor. This past Sunday, had his jersey retired for the Washington now football team, but uh, he played for that other team with that other name, you know, when he was uh, a player. But thought it was really cool. Sean Taylor, well deserved, man. One of the hardest hitting safeties in the league at that time. A lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Brian Mormon is going to fake it on the run, and he's going to come up short. Oh! 
one of my favorite memories of Sean Taylor was, I don't know if y'all remember, but in the Pro Bowl, this was like where the Pro Bowl was. Yeah, you can like still yeah. hit people. It didn't matter. <laughs> but um, the they ran a fake punt. <laughs> the punter was trying to scramble. I think his name was Brian Mormed or something. But he tried to scramble, and Sean Taylor lit yeah, him laid up, bro. Laid him <laughs> out. Him up. I was like, they ain't, do, they ain't doing that no more, boy. You, They playing two-hand touch in the Pro Bowl now. <laughs> but <laughs> yep. uh, Sean yep. Taylor, dope, dope dude, man. Very just athletic freak, um, ball hawk. He can uh, lay, the, lay the wood down too, man. So that dude, yeah, he's something special. So really cool to see the Redskins uh, retire his jersey. Next thing uh, on, on the news report here, John Gruden. I will say I'm mad because, like, when we recorded last week, this literally happened, like, right after we finished. And I was like, damn, Montre. I was like, John Gruden got fired. And I was like, wow, well, well, we're going to talk about this next week. So we a little late. But, I mean, what, what, how y'all feel about that? <laughs> no words, right? <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, it was just surprising. You know, it was unexpected. Um, I mean, just, just from watching, you know, when Monday Night Football used to come on, and Gruden used to have his like his own little thing going on. You wouldn't expect that. So just seeing everything else come out was was unexpected. So, but I mean, you do the action. You gotta you gotta do deal with the consequences. So it was wild enough that he was um, <laughs> like sending these emails with like new cheerleaders, and this is like. You sending this to other like GMs or whatever in the league, and I'm right. like, yeah. you thought you thought this was just comfortable, <laughs> like you thought it was cool, bro. That, that's like, that's know, how you know he wild. Yeah, like he ain't care, bro. I was just like, you doing this in the league? Yeah, like, like in, nobody's gonna check your emails, man. <laughs> but I mean, it happened obviously when they was investigating the Washington uh, football team. And so, like, I, I just want to know, like, whoever's doing all the little research or whatever, when they started pulling emails, they're like, oh. <laughs> and they came across the chart group. They're like, oh, what? Hold on. Yeah, hey, y'all take a look at this. Like, out here, yeah, just being. Like, um, on, your, on your professional domain. <laughs> right? Like, that made no sense to think that he. That was wild. Like I said, I thought, you know, you keep that to your personal email or whatever, but, like, it right. ain't right either way, but. Uh, right, John Gruen, you a risky boy, man. Just uh, yeah, he def- definitely risky oh. guy. That's he 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 was communicating like you said. It's it's not right, and it wasn't okay at all. But he was communicating like he was in a group chat with his boys or something. Sure, yeah, <laughs> like that little the little racist boys club he was in. Right, right. <laughs> and man, my thing is he. He's so he's so comfortable with it. Who you? I mean, who you think else involved with that? That's what I was going to just say, man. Like, obviously, right. John Gruden's already had to deal with the repercussions of this. But, like, I don't know if anybody else is going to be, you know, getting some type of punishment or uh, hearing from the league. But right now, they just took care of the, the main person. And yeah. they, he had to get up out of there. Yeah, they probably yeah, got their fingers it. crossed right now. Like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Hope he ain't snitching over there. Right. Yeah, I mean, they. I think they wanted to really make it an example out of him. So, like you said, Trey, it's some it's some people out there that's that's hoping and wishing that nothing get leaked out of nobody snitch or or put the next man out. But you know, if he comfortable enough to send that type of stuff, 
um, like I said, in a professional setting, that's just that's crazy. Your hometown Bucks removed them from the ring of honor as well. <laughs> I did see that. I was like, Bucks was like, yeah, that man up out of here ASAP. Yeah, oh, they, <laughs> they, made, they, they did that quick. Man. They did that real quick, quick, bro. Quick. That was like the the day or two after. Was it, like, it was the it was the next it was the next day. day. Uh, mm-hmm. Like during the day, they they announced it during the I want to say that was a Monday night football game, and that next day on Instagram, the Bucks put on their page that they removed them. Yeah. Hey. Golly. Yeah. Man, that was <laughs> Every Mazda got in the league, got caught, in, and he setting everybody up. Er, er had to, oh. he had to find somebody. Boy, went over there to London and got that dub. You can't tell them boys nothing. Now. Hey. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's talk about Kyrie, man. Uh, Kyrie went to Instagram Live the other week, and he started just to give his side of why he is not vaccinated and having the COVID restrictions, uh, you know, that won't allow him to play. And uh, I mean, how do y'all feel about that? And uh, did y'all, did y'all see Kyrie? Uh, like, did y'all see him on IG live at all? Nah, I didn't. a little bit. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I seen a piece of like, yeah. I didn't watch the whole thing. He was on ESPN for like, like almost 30 minutes. Dude was on there, but I ain't going to lie, though. Like, Kyrie, he's definitely an odd guy. He's a very odd guy. And when they uh, started talking about, like, you know, mandatory vaccinations, da-da-da, whatever, like, he was one of the first names I thought about that I was like, yeah, this guy's going to be the one to be like, nah, this ain't going this ain't gonna be me. Yeah. Like, this is the same dude who believes that Earth is flat and he be saging the arenas before the games. So you think he's going to be the first one to line up for the vaccine? Nah. It, it sucks that this thing has become so political about getting a vaccination. And now, and, and pretty much it's going to come down to like, it depends. Like he's in, obviously he's in Brooklyn. Like they have a, you have to be vaccinated to participate. And so he clearly can't play games at home. But the thing is, in other states, you know, when they play road games and they don't have that kind of requirement, yeah, then he could play. But are you going to take a part-time Kyrie on your squad? I don't don't necessarily think so. I don't know. It's just all weird, man. Because what, like like you said, it's, I mean, mostly it's like New York. Um, But like, what what happens when the away teams kind of visit and... They don't have anybody vaccinated. It's like they're still playing with a wrist. So yeah, it's all I, I don't know. It's all like I said, political. But it's yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of it's it, it's strange. It's it's messy. Um, you know, it's uh, it's I don't know, man. It's just it's kind of a hot mess a little bit. You know what I mean? I mean, he's kind of he's he's making things interesting because I'm pretty sure he's not the only player that feels that way. You know, and yeah, the majority of the players are vaccinated. They ready to ball. They ready to get it in. But then you, you still got a, you know, a small percentage that feel the same way, the same way that Kyrie feels, but they're just not as vocal about it, maybe. And they're not Kyrie, so they're you know they're not as well known. Yeah, that's a good point. Kyrie isn't like he's talking about. Oh, I'm not anti-vax or I'm not for the vax, but he's just more about you know 
like about human like rights and having choices. Right. And so right. I do agree with him in that sense to where he shouldn't like if he's doing whatever he's supposed to do to take care of himself, then sure. Let him hoop. I was like, that's right. That's where I necessarily say like, he's not all the way off the edge with where like his opinion and how he feels. Um, so that's where I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I kind of, I see where he's coming from. And I, and I agree with that. Like it should be up to each individual person how they want to go about, you mm-hmm. know, the, the, the dealing with COVID. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting, man, because, you know, as you know, um, a lot of those organizations, they don't want distractions. They don't want that negative light on them. They want to focus on the season and do great. But with the way things have been going, Kyrie, he's bringing attention to the organization, whether people are in agreement with him or not. It's just bringing attention to the organization that has nothing to do with how they're playing. So, exactly, just unnecessary uh, people prodding into their organization and to their business. And it's like, man, some guys just want to go out there and just hoop, man. Right. KD gotta be like, you know, all the guys on the team, they gotta be talking to him, like, you know, in private, like, come on, bro. Like, <laughs> you ain't gotta do all this. I-, I feel like they gotta be trying to, like, get him to at least get the vaccine or something, bro. They probably gotta be like, come on, help us out, man. This is what essentially him, like, in Harden, that's what they on the squad for. Yeah, they, they came to win the championships. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely gonna make a difference in their season. I will say that. I mean, it's, you know, the season hasn't started yet, but um, you know, the longer all of this talk goes on, and it continues to be um a topic that's discussed a lot, it's definitely gonna affect their team again. Um, so we'll we'll see how it unfolds. Yes, sir. We should see. Uh, speaking about basketball, I mean, NBA opens up Tuesday. Uh, big matchup rematch from Eastern Conference Finals with the Nets and the Bucks. I don't know if y'all been seeing some of these preseason games, but Giannis, is, he a little in his bag right now, man, with uh, hey. his improved uh, his shooting, <laughs> his improved shooting, and he got that free throw time or free throw shooting down even quicker. <laughs> that boy been working. He has been. <laughs> So I mean, you got we got two great matchups. We got that Brooklyn Milwaukee game first, and then uh, the late game we got uh, Golden State return of Steph, return of Clay at the Lakers, man. But I mean, how y'all feeling about this NBA season? Y'all got anybody y'all rocking with? Let's go. Well, yeah, yeah I know I, that was on trail. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah he's uh, definitely a diehard Heat fan. Unfortunately, I'm a Magic fan. I want to rock with them. They're going to be my team, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I think the uh, All right, I think so the Bulls see. are going to have, like, a, a little shocking season this year, too, with the, the little free agent moves that they made. Bulls, man, they was – yeah, they look pretty good. Or, um, they didn't lose a preseason game. I mean, yeah, I don't know what to say. I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, I think they're going to make a little noise this year, so – they got a lot of talent on that squad now, so I think they are definitely playoff uh, contenders. I'm, I'm sure I, I see they're gonna. I feel they're gonna make the playoffs. Yeah, they're pretty decent. They got man. They got um, from Orlando. They got uh, uh, Vucevic, Vujovic, however you pronounce his name. But like that dude, cold man. And then you added uh, Lonzo. You got Demar. You got Caruso. Like 
I, I said like, pretty athletic team. Pretty athletic team. Yeah, man. I, I like I like the Bulls and what they're able to see what they're able to accomplish this season here. Yeah, since y'all like y'all this. giving y'all teams before the season, so uh, I'm a Spurs fan. How the hell you became a Spurs? Fan? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I've been a Spurs fan for the longest man, since. I I just say I was a, a big Tim Duncan fan and and Tony Parker, and I used to like like watching them boys. But you know I, I always ever since they were on the team I had became a, a Spurs fan. Yeah, interesting. But shout out to the Spurs and uh, yeah, hopefully they have a, <laughs> a good season. I don't even know who they got on their roster. Definitely a good organization, though, but I don't know. Good coaching, good coaching, yeah. I don't sure. know who's on there this Old year. pop. Old pop, that's all they need, <laughs> man. So, I mean, I, I can't even say I know who, who they are but on the team this year, but, you know, like, they always end up being a, a, a pretty decent team just because of the organization, so. All right, y'all, so we're going to move on to the pickums portion of the convo here and so uh what we do we just pick a couple of games from the upcoming weekend that we highlight that we feel are uh, gonna be some great matchups and we'll just kind of see who we rocking with and uh you know if we think they're gonna cover the spread or not so i'm gonna I'm start it off with the uh, uh college football games this weekend i got two that are uh should be some in- intriguing matchups the first one possibly upset alert we got number eight, Oklahoma State, going to Iowa State. Iowa State is favored by seven. I mean, Iowa State, they were up in the top five at one point in this season, and they kind of fell off. But I think this is poised for a, a potential upset. So, I mean, what, what y'all think? I, I I think they're favored only because they're at home, to be honest with you. But that's a, that's I mean, a, that's a hefty seven, man. Like – yeah hefty seven i was like they got some confidence in them like yeah you know the the standard home favorite is three and so they spot them a touchdown so like i said there was a lot of promise in this iowa state team to begin the season they just had a couple of losses and now they but that's you know that's college football you lose a couple times and you playing at the uh the pick and save bowl or whatever um Uh (laughs) um i think they may have this upset on Saturday against Oak State. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll see. It it definitely has been one of those years to where, you know, you turn on the TV and you're kind of not surprised by um, you know, an upset, especially if they're playing at home, they're going to have that crowd behind them. Um, you know. So we'll see. Uh, next game that I got, a good old rivalry here. We got the the Trojans from USC going to South Bend, Indiana, take on Notre Dame. Notre Dame uh, favored by seven in this game. Where y'all at with it? I could, I could see that one. Yeah, I could see that one happening. I don't think USC has that, that backfire behind them just yet. See, so yeah, I'll get that one to Notre Dame. Yeah, I think I like Notre Dame too. Um I don't know if USC. I don't know if they have uh, just quite enough. I mean, Notre Dame. They've they've shown some sparks this year. They've had an interesting year, um, but I think I think they're gonna show up Saturday and 
and fight for that for that W. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm rocking with Notre Dame too. USC, uh, they obviously going through a coaching change, looking to get a new coach uh, for the next season. And um, Notre Dame, like I said, just been solid. They got one loss, happened to Cincinnati, which is um, number two in the nation right now. So um, Notre Dame pretty solid. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think they'll cover that spread too, and uh, it may not even be close. Yeah, I'm, I'm rocking with um, Notre Dame. Because like I, I just seem to notice that they they know how to rack up points. Like they they're good with with putting up points. All right, moving on to NFL with our pickums. We gonna start with the Thursday night game. We got Denver Broncos against the Cleveland Browns. Both of these teams coming off losses from last week. Uh, they got Cleveland favored by four. Uh, that's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. I, I don't know. I don't know um, how the Broncos are looking uh, without Teddy, man. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I, I want to say the Broncos can pull this off, but you never know. I mean, the Browns might come out, especially, like you said, if, if Baker's ready to go. He might try to show up Sunday and uh, and put up some numbers. So I'm kind of leaning towards the Browns, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm going with the Browns on this one just because, like, you know, I feel like maybe Baker he he'll actually you know be showing up, and as long as he's in the game, I I believe he he's gonna you know help the offense to improve. Yeah, you you're right. I mean, yeah, it's tough. It's it's pretty much gonna come down who's able to go. Like uh-huh. both of these teams essentially are, are, are both kind of hurt right now. So, yeah. Um, and it's funny because their records reflect, I mean, both of them are 500 coming into this game. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you can tell they've been a little beat up. Teams are taking advantage of that. So, yeah, it might just come down to who's the healthiest team, who actually going to throw their guys <laughs> out on the field to, to play this game. And so, um, it could be closer than the, the four, the at least the fa- the four that they're favoring the the Browns with. So, I mean, I'm yeah. a, I think I'm a, I think Cleveland will win this game. I think they, uh, well, I'm gonna just say I think they're gonna win this game. Turning it over to uh, Sunday, we got the uh, best game I think from or the, the, that Sunday portion. You got the Bengals at the Ravens. Uh, Bengals surprising a lot of people, man. The way that they've been mm-hmm. balling, yeah. Uh, I talk about Jamar Chase every week, but that dude is uh, having a great rookie campaign. Should be at least poised to be rookie of the year right now. Yeah, but you got Cincinnati traveling towards uh, to to Baltimore. Uh, Ravens are favored by six and a half. Oh man, like I think I don't think Ravens mm. are gonna cover that. I think Joe Burrow and he's shown it even when they played the Packers. Uh, you know, a few weeks back, like Joe Burrow, he he came to play, man, and them, them boys, yeah. they, they fight. Joe Burrow looks good. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say Lamar can get them by 14 or more, though. I, I just it's I'm telling you, I, I might sound a little crazy, but one thing about Lamar playing at home too, when he shows up. You you don't know what to, you don't know what to expect. He's got some weapons this year. He's got Hollywood Brown. Um, they got uh, 
I seen what's his name scores Sunday. Uh, y'all know who I'm talking Mary? about. Lev? Uh, yeah, Le'Veon. Le'Veon scored yeah. Sunday. Oh, Le'Veon, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got Le'Veon, um, and he's already got his weapons that he's been going to this year. So I think at home, to be honest, as much as the Bengals have, have been showing some improvement, I think I like the Ravens by 14 or more, to be honest. 14, that's wild. That's, that's yeah. aggressive. That's aggressive. Hey, <laughs> them boys, them boys, good man. Yeah, he 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 making sense because like I remember I told you I was you know, a Burroughs fan last week, but you know I I don't think Lamar gonna let him get the shine on this game. Next, I got here Sunday night football. I ain't going to lie to y'all. When I saw this matchup, I was like, man, I don't even think I'm going to tune in. But um, (laughs) it is the Indianapolis Colts going to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. They got the uh, San Fran favored by three and a half for Sunday night. Quite frankly, I don't don't give a damn what's going to happen. I told y'all I didn't think this game was too interesting. Um, (laughs) But I I, I don't know. I guess that – I don't know what the – when they go ahead and start scheduling these primetime games, I guess they're under the assumption like, oh, maybe Carson Wentz will be really good. And maybe Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, whoever the hell they're playing with, is going to be really good. And uh, it's not looking that way right now. So, I mean, I think uh, <laughs> give me – Carson Wentz, he has his moments. And I'm hoping he has a moment on Sunday. But I think Colts will win this game. Yeah, I'll give it to Yeah. Colts. Yeah. The Colts are coming off uh, a win, right? This past Sunday. Yeah, they won yesterday. Yeah, and I think T.Y. Um, came back for a little. Yeah, T.Y. had a big catch. He looked T.Y. looked good Sunday. Uh, I'm in agreement with you, Drew. I think I think uh, the Colts are going to go ahead and take care of business in this one. Um, coming off a win Sunday and just. Trying to prove themselves. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say there's some contenders for the playoffs or anything. It's a little too early for that, and they really haven't showed that much. But I think as far as this matchup, I think they're going to pull it off. Next game I got uh, is uh, Monday night, which is uh, not, they got it right with Monday night. They got a good matchup here. We got the Saints with famous Jameis going against the Seahawks with uh, – Geno Smith, but that should be a pretty good one. Yeah, like I, like I said, Geno Smith looked really good in his outing. He just can't. He just ain't been winning, but <laughs> he's been looking pretty good. And uh, Jameis has been doing Jameis type of stuff. So yeah. um, this can go either way. They got the Seahawks favored by five uh, for Monday Ooh. night. Or I'm sorry, I lied. I lied. They got New Orleans favored by five. And they're oh, okay. At, they're playing at Seattle though. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Dang. Um that's tough, man. Like It uh, is. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I I don't know. I can't. It's going to be cold. It's going to be cold, so I can't predict it the way I want to. The fact that it's Monday night and they're playing in Seattle, it's going to be cold out there. It's going to be I want to see I want to see a game that's back and forth. I want to see Gino and Jameis go at it. Um, you know, I know Gino is just now kind of getting back into to the swing of things, trying to take over Russell's offense. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see, like like you said, 
um, as far as this matchup. It can go either way. Um, you know, the Saints can decide to show up or uh, the, the Seahawks can uh, take advantage of being at home and having that loud crowd behind them. And um, we'll see if, if Geno can, can bring them board the W. I, my, my take or my hot take is that whichever quarterback turns over the ball less will win the game. <laughs> you right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's going to come down to. Which quarterback is going to make the uh, least mistakes? Because both of them are very prone to doing that. So, yeah, uh, that's what I'm going to say. I think, uh, I, shoot, that, I think uh, Seahawks will stay within that five. I think they'll cover. Um, I don't think New Orleans will beat them by five because I think they're just going to turn the ball over. That's my thing. I think they're just going to give up the ball left and right. Dang, you think they going to give it up like that? I, I mean, Jameis is good for it. James yeah. No, nah, I, I mean, they're I mean, he... coming off a bye week. Yeah. Tell we'll you see, time, man. I sat through five years of Jameis, so I seen it. I seen it all. That'll do it for us uh, for another week of Rano Sports. Uh, once again, my name is Jew. Make sure y'all follow us on our social pages. We got the IG up. We got the, the Twitter page up. It's at Rano Sports, at R-A-N-O Sports. Uh, Real and new opinions, just in case y'all forgot from, you know, at the start of the show. But uh, make sure y'all follow us. And then, I mean, uh, Montre, Trell, Justin, go ahead, man. Shout out. Y'all want some people to, you know, follow you on the gram. Go ahead and uh, put your socials and everything out there. Uh, Hey, I just want to say I had a good time, you know. First podcast. uh, It was pretty fun. Got the swing of things. It was nice. Talking sports with you guys. But uh, my Instagram is the number four, period. I am, period, ADJ, um, and I'm on trail. All right, man. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Drew and, uh, and and Trey for um, inviting me onto this podcast. I, I really enjoyed uh, talking sports, like on trail said. Really got to uh, kind of dive in on our opinions on, on some things. And, um, again, I'm Justin Johnson, and y'all can follow me on IG at justin underscore case the number eight and uh yeah i'm I'm looking forward to um maybe joining you guys again in the near future so i appreciate it yeah appreciate y'all man and i'm my trade you can find me on ig trade.working that's trade.working yes sir so y'all go follow the the young man here, man, and uh, if you need your grass cut, holler at Trey Dot Working. <laughs> he's a, he in uh, Gainesville, Lake City, surrounding areas. So he said he charged by the the, the yard size and the grass quality. So y'all heard it here. <laughs> y'all heard it here first. But get y'all get y'all yards trimmed up by Cray. Um, what is, is Cray Brothers? Cray Brothers, man. Home Cray. care. Cray Brothers Home Care. So, yeah, man. Shout out to Cray Brothers Home Care. Y'all get y'all, y'all long. I right, appreciate man. it, man. Get it right for y'all can play, you know, play football on the Sundays out there for the kids, for the chillings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we appreciate y'all tuning in as usual. Uh, we'll be back at it again here for the following week to, uh, you know, kick it up once again and, and get into the sports talk. So, yeah, man, we just appreciate y'all and we'll holla at y'all soon. Peace.
Peace.